Hello! Happy New Year 2018! Yay! I mean, actually, we are pre recording this episode, yeah. so yeah. it sounds a bit weird to say Happy New Year because we are still in 2017, yes. but hey, Happy New Year also to the future Eric and Stephanie! That's true! <laughs> I wonder where we'll be. Yeah, where are you going to be? Um, I'm not sure. I might go to Mexico, where I'm originally from. Mm-hmm. But it depends, because I have a dog, so it's always a bit of an issue oh, to think of where yeah. he's going to stay. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to be in London. Uh, yeah, traveling to the UK for some days. Then I'm going to see some friends. So, yeah, it's going to be fun, I guess. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, so, Happy New Year to everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Science Basement Podcast. And I guess we are ready to introduce our guest. It's a very special guest because it's our first international guest. He's coming from Lund University in Sweden, Casimir Ehrenborg. Welcome to our podcast. Oh, thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yes. Well, so you are in your fourth year of PhD. You are studying applied mathematics for antenna theory, which you will tell us a little bit more about because I'm not, I'm not sure how that goes. Um, and in particular, you're focusing on the performance limits of mobile phone antennas. Yeah, that's correct. So, uh, I mean, uh, it is it is applied mathematics because that's what I was hired for. But uh, as in most things, it comes down to, you know, what is it applied for, I would say. So in really simple terms that non-mathematicians can understand, what do you do? So I take uh, like mathematical tools, which other people have developed, and then I try to apply them to problems which, you know, we could use inside of uh, like a mobile phone or cellular communication uh, stuff. So more specifically, I work on trying to figure out like what is the bounds or like limits to how much performance you can press out of uh, antennas which is radiating structures uh, which specifically become like that becomes hard when they become small basically so you are technically trying to make antennas which are as small as possible and as as good as possible yeah because uh, the fact is in the, when you design a cell phone the antenna is like the the thing which uh, takes the most beating in the whole phone because you know everything else is more important the screen uh, the battery you know like your cameras this kind of stuff and then you just want the antenna to work so usually the antenna designers get like a little, little space inside the phone which you get to do your stuff in and what i'm doing is trying to uh, like produce a theory so these uh, designers can kind of easier time designing those antennas but technically, aren't like companies? I mean, I noticed that the request for phones like they're becoming much bigger lately. Like, look at the new iPhones, like the Plus version. Like they're so big. So why why do we need smaller antennas when the phone is just growing? Yeah, because <laughs> the screen is also growing, right? So the space for antenna is not getting that much bigger. Actually, it is bigger than uh, than before, perhaps, but uh, it is still like compared to what you would like to have, it's still not very big. Because okay. usually, I mean, if you're thinking about antennas in general, if you put an antenna for a TV on a roof, then it's great because you can make the antenna as, as big as possible. And if you uh, if you want to relate that to something easily understandable, I would say uh, half a wavelength is something that an antenna is uh, really good at, where it's resonant. So that would usually be quite big, for especially for the low-frequency bands, which uh, GSM bands, something we have used for a long time, the thing we use for just calling and SMS and so on. And that becomes a real problem in a cell phone because that antenna is like, uh, you know, at least a couple of centimeters big. Uh, so then you have to make it less than what it's, you know, kind of wants to be at. And then you run into problems because there's always a trade-off. You have to trade performance for size, basically. Oh, wow. I had no idea. 
Yeah, definitely. And I still remember my my first mobile that you could pull out the little. Oh, the yeah. antenna, yeah. yeah. Oh, the first ones, and they were big, but the screens were <laughs> small. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so you work on theory yes. for these antennas, yes. and so you you basically are never in a lab, or like do well, you actually do some some uh, sometimes? I, I we do a little bit of measurements. Me specifically, I I usually only when I teach. I haven't really like done that much production and measuring on my, uh, by myself. Not on antennas. I've done some. In our lab, usually we do like these kind of screens because uh, that's a, a big application in my field. Would, for example, be putting different kind of reflective screens on uh, satellites, something like that. And uh, those are a little bit easier to measure because you're just having like an antenna on each side and you're putting in like uh, just energy through to see like what happens. Uh, is the uh, light polarized differently? Like how much goes through, how much is reflected, this kind of stuff. Uh, but if you have an antenna, it's a little bit more difficult because then you have to make sure you can actually like feed it correctly with a current and this kind of stuff but in general we could produce this kind of stuff but what i focus on is uh, trying to develop theory so you are focusing on performance limits so what ex what limits exactly and what tools do you use to investigate these limits so i would say that the like the most important thing when you make antenna small is uh, the bandwidth and the bandwidth of antenna is kind of which frequencies you can transmit on so usually an antenna is resonant at a certain frequency, but there's also like a little band around it of the other frequencies which you can still transmit information on. And if you have like a, you know, a cell phone or something, it, if you have a wide bandwidth, like a lot of frequencies, you can transfer a lot of information very fast. So that is like the main focus of the, the limit. And there's tons of different methods uh, to gain those limits. I think uh, like this kind of work was started in 1949 by Shu, uh, where he made uh, looked at just uh, looking at spheres radiating. And of course, if you have a sphere, uh, there's a lot of symmetry there. You can make it very nice mathematically and you can drive some kind of fundamental limit for this. So what uh, I'm doing is kind of saying uh, what happens when you make this an arbitrary structure. So for example, a plate, something like, like that, because that's much more similar to a phone, right? Uh, so uh, what I do then is that I uh, have a mathematical tool which is uh, called current optimization. And it's basically saying that given a certain area, you're allowed to freely place any kind of current you want inside of that area to make an optimal uh, solution or make a solution which gives you a certain bandwidth, a certain performance for this antenna. Uh, so you can formulate the problem with this current optimization. And then when you solve it, you get, you know, like you can get an optimal solution. But then the trick here, which makes this actually applied mathematics rather than just engineering, is that uh, this is a convex problem. And convexity is uh, basically problems with only, where all, well, not only one global minimum, but it's a problem where all the local minima are global minima, which means that there's like basically only big valley to this problem. If you imagine a curve, it's like a big valley with one little minima, which means that you can kind of uh, always gain the optimal solution. So by formulating your problem in this way, you're able to, uh, to find like uh, the absolute best thing you can gain and that's why this is like a fundamental limit you can construct rather than just saying well this is some random solution uh, so in this sense you can kind of gain make your antenna the best as possible giving these tools so you so you're trying to make it optimal for any shape yeah basically i mean this is uh, so the theory could go for any kind of shape but where you run into problems is that it's kind of hard to simulate these shapes uh, usually so for example sphere is very easy as i said before but then 
Uh, if you make a like a infinitely thin structure, just a plate, that would also be simple. But then, for example, going to like a cube or you know like something like that would be more difficult, just because of uh, the computational problems you run into. Uh, so, uh, so we would like to go there, right? But we uh, right now uh, we can only really produce results for stuff which is like a little bit easier to solve. And what kind of uh, shape have a mobile phone antennas right now? Well, I would say usually they're flat because it's easy to manufacture. Uh, so when you manufacture an antenna, you usually have like a, some kind of plastic and then there's metal on top. And what you do is that you, with either like a laser or some chemicals or something, you kind of sear out the shape in from the metal, which then has the, you know, like the shape of your antenna. Uh, so you want that ideally to be kind of flat because it's easy to produce, mass produce in this kind of factories or something. Uh, but uh, I mean, obviously you would like to get something more advanced as well. Why? Uh, because if you make something thick, like if you have something which is uh, only thin, you're not usually like utilizing space uh, efficiently, kind of, because you could have like a little bit more room if you could go like up into the air and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of antennas where you make like experiment with stuff. Do you get to work with like? Do you have some sort of collaboration with designers or? Sometimes, sometimes. I mean. It depends on the paper, I would say. Some uh, some kind of papers you you do that. I think right now we're writing a paper where we're uh, a lot of theory people and then one guy from uh, France is working uh, in a lab where he's actually making antennas and he's gonna make some of these antennas which we kind of uh, design in his lab and try to measure them and see if we like you know if uh, we can actually reach the bounds, for example, that we might or these limits for performance that we calculated. Oh, that sounds super cool. But then does it mean that like then your, your group or anyway, your lab or yeah, your team in your university, does do they get a patent for that? Uh, no, or well, I wouldn't say so. We, we're not really interested because there's a lot of bookkeeping in the patents. And the, the thing with antennas is that it's, uh, I mean, it's kind of easy to just take a concept and make a new antenna. Uh, so there's a lot of articles where it's just like rehashing the same kind of uh, concept. And because it's not specifically the same, usually the patents don't really matter. So only companies which are big, like Sony or Ericsson or something, would actually take patents for antennas. Like as an as a individual, if you're not part of those companies, it's not really worth the time, I would say. Do companies fund part of your research? Uh, not mine specifically, but in my department, there's definitely, a, like we have a lot of collaboration with, uh, uh, with these kind of companies. I think like Saab, Ericsson, Sony, uh, the Swedish uh, Defense uh, Ministry, stuff like that. Okay. We just had a moment of advertisement there. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, if if a company notices that uh, you are you are um, theoretizing something that could be really useful for developing new antennas, they can just basically buy your research. Well, no, they can just. To be honest, though, they they just can take it. That's the thing. Like, uh, really? Yeah, because uh, in my field, it's like this field of making limits is actually very small. Uh, in some sense and also big in another sense because a lot of people know about it and they especially know about this really early research which was done like in the mid 1900s and our biggest thing is just to get like more people to pay attention to it so uh, we have a lot of collaboration with people you know like look into this and use these tools but uh, to be honest we one of our biggest struggles is getting people to actually like calculate the limits or utilize the limits in their daily uh, work i would say but now let's go to the important stuff. So as Stephanie has uh, reminded us before that we, when we had like, when was it like 20 years ago? No, a bit less even. Those big phones with, you know, the antennas that you can put, put out 
the good old so, days. Yeah, the good old days. So now that we are not anymore in this old good old days, I give you my phone, which is an iPhone. Where is uh, that? This then? is scary. Well, okay, so. <laughs> You, before where you could take the phones apart, uh, you could just take the back off and you could actually find it. But usually it's either like right at the, the bottom where you would have like your charger outlet on your phone or uh, your um, headphones. So it would be like right down here somewhere or uh-huh. either it's right on the top. Like it's usually on the edges of the phone. Okay. There's also been some interesting designs. If you remember the iPhone, which was a little bit uh, thicker and more like square edged. Uh, you mean uh, like, f- yeah, like yeah, five? the four or five? Uh, yeah, yeah, four or five. Uh, then that had like a special antenna which went all the way around the phone. Wow! But it was actually desi- designed uh, for only right-handed people. So what happened was that when a left-handed person took the phone in their hand, they short-circuited the antenna by placing like because the hand le- like the conducts oh. uh, uh, energy or like electricity, of course. So they placed it up and they wouldn't work because they would get no reception. So basically, that's like a big problem, right? In our field, is that uh, all kind of like bodies and this stuff are really lossy when it comes to radiation and light. So, you like by placing the phone, you know, in your pocket or something, you drastically reduce the effectiveness of the antennas, and this like totally destroyed the phone. So they had to recall like a lot of uh, a lot of their iPhones because it didn't work for left-handed people. Oh, and I'm left-handed. Good. Yeah. Enough. So good that you'll have that. Phone. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Not about that. So. Should we... Well, thank you very much for these explanations. Like, uh, now I finally know where the antenna of my phone is. Wow. (laughs) Should we go on with our little game where we together try to um, fill some categories here? So some will be related to what you do and some will be just for fun. Oh, I like fun. (laughs) (laughs) So the categories for this episode will be Futuristic objects that we really need, okay. which means like stuff that has not been invented yet, mm. but we really do need. Do I that. have to invent these? Well, if you, we can do it together. Okay, but yeah, good. basically, yeah, you're the guest, so yeah, you should. Well, I, I, I meant more like the objects that we need in the future. Yeah, like bigger antennas. Uh, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. nicer antennas. Smaller antennas. Or number two is... Things that you can find in an electronics lab. Okay. And for that yeah. one, you have to help us. Yes. Yeah, I'll try, I'll try. And then the number three is things that have antennas. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think that I think that I could I could be decent at, at least. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, apart from the four, I, I don't know if I don't know that many more. Does Num- insects count? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get technical. <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, for the number four, we will have reasons to quit your field. Oh, okay. That's scary. And for number five, we have New Year's resolutions. Yes. Oh, okay. Are you done with writing? Yeah, that seems topical. Are you done with writing them down? Yes. Yeah. Then Stephanie has the, 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 beauty, the beautiful random letter generator yes. that you will press. And then we will have two minutes to fill these five categories together. So, Casimir, if you could generate the random okay, letter. Okay, let's go. And there is? There is I. I, and timer starts. Okay. Futuristic objects that we really need. Mm, okay, let's leave this one as the last one. Okay, yeah, yes. sure. So, let's go, with, <laughs> let's go with things you can find in the electronics lab. Uh, uh, inductance. 
Yeah, inductors. That would that's good. In, what what's the real? Yeah, well, in, yeah, inductors. Uh, yeah, inductor. Yeah. Yeah, inductor yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. Where would you use that? Uh, well, I mean, in any kind of electronic circuits. Okay. You know, like an inductor is just like a coil, that kind of stuff. So a coil shape thing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, which kind of stores energy a little bit. Okay. Uh, so. Things we don't. Insects. <laughs> insects. Insects. Yeah. Okay. I think you. I'm trying to think of something more topical, but no. We no. We we are. Yeah. yeah. We, okay, we decided. We, we decided. are destroying the system from yeah, the inside. Already breaking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Reasons to quit your field. Uh, income. Oh. Perhaps. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Maybe quit academics. I guess. That's, that's, that yeah. could be for any kind of academic yeah. job. That's, yeah. a, that's a sad reason. Yeah, yeah very sad. But yeah, we, we are academics. Well, field, I mean, we are I known mean, for not being if very... If you go to very... industry, in my field, I guess you can make like, quite oh, a lot yeah, of Oh, well, yeah. For you, the reason to quit might be industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's also a good one. Then we have yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, New Year's resolution. Independence. What? Independence. Independent From research. Anything. Yeah, independent <laughs> research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. You know, when you're stepping away from your supervisor, perhaps, I don't know. Yeah, okay. because now you're, you're starting to approach the end of yeah, your PhD. Unfortunately, so you should become, now I have to, like, I'm pushed, pushed out of the nest, I have to fly. You, sh- you should become more independent, yeah. So, futuristic objects, which is the most the most interesting thing. What do we need in, in life? And in international... Well, like, language, speaker, a bonfire thingy, translator... Uh, I think, like, yeah, if I've seen some yeah. some things like, like Google doing. Oh, 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 okay. I think perhaps we cheat a little bit with that last one because, uh, I mean, an international translator, yeah. I mean, like, you know, that's no, just... No, yeah, uh, no, we, we failed with that one. International sorry, sorry. flights that take less than an hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also, well, we cheated a bit with the insects, but uh, <laughs> well, well, technically, nobody yeah, said that they should have been electronic antennas. That's <laughs> uh, true. But, I mean, a lot of things have antennas, but on eye, mm. insects, yeah. bang. Yeah, okay, insects is good. So yeah, we failed on the futuristic objects, but yeah, talking about the international language, blah blah blah. I've seen, I think I've seen some video where like yeah. they had this like little radio thing where you speak. Uh, in your own language, and then it translates to everything. Yeah, I've, I've seen also the ones where you put them in your ear, which comes from, uh, you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where he has uh, a babel fish, which is a little fish he puts into the air, his ear, and then he understands all the languages, oh. and all the aliens and stuff. And right. I think actually the company called it something similar, because to get that reference. Aha, uh-huh, okay, okay. I think it was going to go on like Kickstarter or something, but I, I, I haven't seen more. And I saw somewhere some uh, some sort of translator for deaf to yeah, that's cool. voice translator. Yeah, and they were also w- w- working on on translators from dog to to human. And oh yeah, oh, <laughs> I'm not sure. That's I believe bit, in those. Yeah. That's the, like that's a little bit that sounds a little bit pseudoscience to me. It's like oh, it barks, it wants food. Well, obviously. You know. Yeah, but isn't it true that yeah you told us before that like uh, cats don't meow uh, to yeah to between them between like. Yeah, like the meowing uh, is uh, is a way to communicate with humans, Just with not humans. with uh, not with each other. So okay. cats kind of have some kind of like a silent body language between each other. So we should totally make some antenna-based instrument from translating from meow to human. Yeah, I, I think also dogs, but I think they do more like facial expressions as well yeah, to exactly. communicate with humans. And yeah. my dog is very effective at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So should we go to the second round? Sure. Okay. So let's get another letter. Yep. Okay. I'm you want pressing. me to write this time? Yes. Oh, why me? 
Okay. Well, because you have to do the thinking, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, wow. Oh, that's X. 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 Whoa. Okay. That's very, that's very hard. Okay. Uh, let's see. The timer? Oh, yes, the timer. Yeah, that would be <laughs> well, I think cheating. we need a little bit more time with this one. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, let's start with the timer. Uh, I, I would say the rubber things with antennas first. That, I don't know if that's an easier. I... I don't know. I think you can make up some names for something, but I don't know if there's like objects which are actually called something on X. Yeah, I don't think so. I think we got the worst letter oh, ever. Yeah. What? Things you can find on... I wish, like, I, I'm pretty sure there would be something called with X in an electronics lab uh, if I was actually a lab rat, but unfortunately... <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I, I just Well, then we can just, just invent office. a futuristic object and yeah. call it with something... Xavier's chair. Ex what? Yeah, you know, like Xavier, from the X Men. Yeah. yeah, he has like this uh, this floating chair which he runs around in. The guy who can read people's minds. So the X Bald chair. Guy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we X want chair. we cool. want the yeah. X chair. Yeah, yes. for so like handicapped people will, all, will be superheroes. You know, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I have to admit that the, the I, I've seen only one X Men movie, and ah, that okay. was probably ten years ago, so I don't remember as much. I have no idea. Ah, okay. I, I, I I'd say, it. you know, if, I, if we want to cheat, we could say reasons to quit would be external factors. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Ah, xenophobic. Oh, oh yeah. workplace. Yeah, oh, that's, that's good. good. Xenophobia in the yeah, workplace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no. Wow, Stephanie. We're getting deep in here. Sad reason again. Okay, Kazimir, now we have... Not uh, only the things I should be good at, that's Yeah, annoying. and also the New Year resolutions. And the things you should be good at. For the New Year's resolution, we want... Uh, X, uh, X, X... Well, I, I, mean, no uh, I mean, maybe if you may let X be a number, you could say that you want 10 of something. <laughs> oh, yes, I like that. We want 10... I papers want in 10 papers. 10 paper in 2018. 18, okay, sorry. <laughs> well, it would be nice if, I could, if you could publish like six more, like a lot more papers now. X papers. X papers, yeah. yeah. We like that, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, still for being an X, we yeah, need three. Three. Yeah, that, that's that's a strong effort, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we were good, we were good. So, how many rounds are we doing? Are we doing another one? Yeah, that we could do. We haven't found okay. any antennas yet. Yeah, we have That's to find depressing. things with antennas. Okay, okay. please pressing. And we're getting That's a D. D, okay. D this might be this might be the good round. Okay. So nice let's D. start. Three, two, one, timer D. starts. D. Futuristic objects. Let's start with things with antennas. We really need <laughs> Okay, the, ha, 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 ha. I have one for the electronic labs. Yeah. Diode. Yeah, that's good. Huh? Diode. How yeah. have I been in, in an electronic yeah, lag more probably. than probably? Probably yes, actually. What uh, do you use that one for? Well, a diode is like a, a thing which uh, like leads current in one direction and not current in another direction. So it's uh, very useful in a lot of circuits, but we usually see them as small lamps because uh, that's how they uh, like you can see that they're on. Okay. Mm, for things with an you think about things with antennas yeah, I'm now. Trying. I think Duh. about my New Year's Duh. resolutions. Mm. I guess a lot of people might think of dieting, but that is, find that well, yeah, a more a, interesting one. Yeah, that more is a interesting bit depressing, one. Yeah, but yeah. I, guess, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, a futuristic object would be a data slate, but we basically already have that with an iPod, iPad, so I don't know if it's actually futuristic anymore. Yeah, no, no. 
And also we have been very good with the New Year's resolution, like with reasons connecting with connecting them to our actual field. Uh, so reasons to quit your job would be death. Oh, oh <laughs> that's great one. Well, like a great one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, sounds like I'm, I'm saying like, hey, can't wait for yeah. this one. It's really hard to think about things with antennas, actually. I mean, like, you you know, you could have, there's this thing coming up which is called Internet of Things, which means that everything will be connected inside your household, all mm-hmm. objects and stuff like that. But uh, I'm not sure if something begins with D. With D? Because it's not a, it's called, like, your fridge doesn't begin with D, your freeze doesn't either. Like a fridge with an antenna? Okay, we will come back to that as soon as yeah. the timer is over. But I want to right. invent something, something very futuristic that starts mm. with D. Uh, the death ray. Death ray. What? <laughs> <laughs> like you're thinking a bit too much, too much about, about that right now. Uh, yeah. And we were much better with the letter I. Which is weird. Which is weird. But even X. It's all because yeah, of insects. So, so Internet of Things is kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go. No, first. Okay, sure. First, let's talk a bit about the diodes. I had one question about that first. Sure. Because the Internet of Things sounds more interesting, so we will go to that. <laughs> we will go to that a bit later. The are there diodes in an antenna? I mean, no, no, no. I wouldn't say so. I mean, it, like a diode is like a circuit component. Uh-huh. So, like an antenna is usually just a, but isn't some there kind a, of wire. Is it, so there is, there are no circuits inside an antenna. You no external to an antenna. Like usually the like ah, the, so call, the antenna the part is a part of the circuit. Ah. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, like you kind of what we what we call the antenna is just like a little metal object sticking out of something, which is radiating. Whereas the circuit is like having all the coils, the resistances, this kind of stuff. So usually, what happens is that you have an antenna which connect to a circuit, and the circuit like makes sure. You know, like all of the information is uh, handled in the correct way. Like you get some frequency in, for example, and then you have to select like what is just uh, random noise, which you don't want, and uh, and what is the information and this kind of stuff. And in those circuits, you have all of diodes, inductors, capacitances, uh, like uh, frequency generators, this kind of stuff. So I have a question about these antennas. How come your phone is not getting my signals? That's a, more of a modulation question. So it is in some sense, but it's kind of filtering out which one, because this is this is not really my field, but I've done a little bit, like I've taken the course or something. But basically what happens when you send information from like a base station where that would be, you know, like these big antenna towers to your phones is that they kind of uh, modulate it in the, lots of different ways. Like one way is uh, which direction they're sending the radiation, of course, but also they could do like time where it would be like a, you have a little window, which would be just for your, your phone. And then your phone knows that in that window, that's my information. And uh, another thing would be like frequency. So it would shift frequency up and down. It would be kind of maybe an encoding or something. So the certain like combination of ones and zeros is something which your phone recognizes. This is my information, that kind of stuff. But okay. uh, imagine, for example, when you're at a conference and you're sitting in, or like a classroom, anything, you're sitting in a room with tons of people and everybody tries to connect to the Wi-Fi. And it never works. I hate that. Exactly. And that's because your phones are interfering with each other. So like everybody ah, is trying to re- connect whoa, the same whoa, time. Okay, okay. Okay, you're opening like now, right now yeah. my mind in a beautiful way. I thought that it was because, you know, the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi, <laughs> the Wi-Fi, of that place was like not able to you know uh, to provide Wi-Fi f- after a certain number of of um, 
of uh, devices. Yeah. I mean, you could put the limit like that. I mean, it's this, it's a different way of saying the same thing. But what's actually happening is that all the phones are trying to send their signal to the Wi-Fi and say like, oh, here I am, which is my window, that kind of stuff. And then all of those singles ca- signals kind of, you know, jar with each other. So you just end up with a mess. And then it like there's too many to like try to actually send good information. Like you get very short windows, for example, so you don't get enough information through. And that, that would be like a real big problem. So that w- that's something which uh, perhaps not in my like specific field, but a very close field, which is called communications. They're working on solving these is- issues, trying to like make better encodings. Wi-Fi for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's very interesting. And this thing about the phone. So would it be like if you're in a conference, the room is full of people, and then you hear your name and you know it's for you, and you can just ignore the rest of the noise? Yeah, kind of. But, I mean, exactly. The, the phone hears its name, and then it's, it, then it's just like, okay, this thing I listen to, and then I shut off. And okay. I listen, and oh, I shut wow. off. This kind of stuff. That's very oh. cool. Yeah. Cool. And now let's go to this Internet of Things. So yeah. I've never heard of that. So there's like two big things coming up in my field, and that's 5G, which is of course the next generation of. I heard about that. Of yes, yes. Which <laughs> we are is waiting for that. Still not decided exactly what it's gonna be, but then the second thing is this Internet of Things, which is kind of connected, and that's the dream that in the future, all objects should be connected to the internet somehow. Which means that in the end, everything should have an antenna in it. And that's really, it, you know, that's good for me and what I work on, right? Because everything, you know, like if everything is going to have an antenna, that antenna has to be small. So. Wow, okay. True. So, yeah. And also, will humans yeah, have I was just thinking about that, like... Perhaps. I mean, uh, we're, we're working at like one of the like uh, stuff that I'm doing or one of the articles I'm writing is about uh, looking at bounds for antennas inside of uh, human bodies. So that would uh, like right now. The, how would the, how would a person get an antenna inside? For example, if you're if you're old and sick, and then you uh, have to like measure your vitals, your vital signs all the time, then uh, you could perhaps have some kind of pill or something which kind of takes continuous measurements and sends that data out of your body, so okay. that the medical personnel could like. Know so wait, you ingest a pill? Yeah, for example. And then you just have like an antenna inside the pill, and this stays yeah. inside of you. Yeah, and I mean, for a while. For example, I mean, perhaps if you, if I don't know, I, I'm like, I'm not a surgeon, but of course you could perhaps like operate it into you, but that sounds like a little bit harsh, but uh, like the easiest way yeah, would be to swallow it, but you could only have it done for a couple of days before you pass through your system. <laughs> but actually I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we have phones and we have like those um, health gadgets yeah. now where health is being monitored in rings yeah. or oh, watches yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't sound so crazy yeah. to think that at some point we'll just have it inside of us and just be transmitting all this information yeah. directly from inside. Yeah, but it's, I mean, specifically imagine a, ret- a retired person who lives alone and, you know, uh, like right now, if they get like a heart attack or something, mm-hmm. they just die. And I was part of, uh, of this paper, which uh, was uh, like, it was a student competition, but one of the motivations for that, we were looking at like designing an antenna for uh, having on the body. And one of the motivations was that we would have the antenna on the body and it would measure like a heart rate of a person and then send that information continuously. And the thing is actually that you can tell from the heart rate, as far as I understand, uh, that somebody is going to have a heart attack, mm-hmm. like actually a, a while before. I don't remember how long, but still like, you know, a bit. So if you were able to measure such things continuously, you could actually tell before this retired person has a heart attack and then you could send people there to, to help them so they could perhaps survive. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, so yeah, this Internet of Things and antennas to save people sounds like, a, yeah, yeah, the future. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, yeah, like people have dogs and they can tell before they have this uh, epileptic. Yeah. I guess that would also work. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Wow. That would be cool. 
Oh yeah, the future is near, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> you will be working on that. So yeah, you you can definitely definitely let us know when yeah, there are some developments. Like please call us at the science basement and tell us what's going on, yeah. so that we will be the first ones giving the, the news. But okay, thank you very much for these super interesting um, stories about antennas and and the future of Internet of Things and antennas on people. And now we are ready. <laughs> and now we are ready for the favorite part of of uh, the podcast for me, which is the science anecdote. Stephanie, what are we talking about today? Um, today we're going to talk about the invention of the microwave. But I have to say because. I'm a shakeaholic, and it was it's just a coincidence that this story involves chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> For people who know me, this is very yeah. me. But um, just really quickly, I just want to say, if you have any questions for uh, Casimir, you can always email us, and we will pass those questions to him, and hopefully we get more answers. But okay, so how did the microwave start? In the 50s, um, the American electrical engineer Percy Spencer was actually working for a manufacturing company, Raytheon, or so he was working with a magnetron so what this magnetron does it's going to um, produce microwaves and they were used mainly to um, for radars for airplane and ships and all this communication getting signals for airplanes and ships for um, bad weather but what happened was while he was working with one he had a chocolate bar in his pocket and he realized it started melting so then he linked that he linked it that it was getting the energy from the magnetron and he started experimenting with other foods like popcorn kernels. So he actually produced the first microwave popcorn. <laughs> um, one of his earliest microwaves were actually one and a half meters high, which is not what we have now. We have very fancy. Yeah, small could, ones. we could microwave. Why microwave people, right? In, in, yeah. in <laughs> well, that's basically what he did when he had that chocolate bar in his pocket. He microwaved his leg as well. That's true. That's yeah. Maybe hopefully that's, he didn't die of cancer. Yeah, that's yeah. actually I'm not sure. I didn't check that. Yeah. But yeah, now of course they are safe because they are in this boxes so don't worry about that um and he actually patented the microwave so that was in the 1945 that when he did that and actually it was interesting because when i was looking at this story i looked up um how efficient a microwave is so it's because you you know it's it's the convenient way to heat up our food but for example a lot of people actually boil their water on a microwave because it's quick right yeah i personally I, I go for the kettle. I'm like, yeah, I, I have, like a, I have a kettle yeah, as well. Yeah, but I, I know a lot of people do. And actually, to heat up water is not that energy efficient to use a microwave. It's like 40% less efficient than a kettle. So people mm. use kettles. Okay. I oh, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. Okay. Did you like this story, Casimir? <laughs> Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's actually like a kind of a topical also for the future because uh, what people are looking at for 5G is going to frequencies which are the same kind of as the microwave, like uh, oven, like microwave frequencies. Uh, but then you have this problem that stuff absorbs. For absorb. the inter interfer interference? Uh, well, yes, but also you have this problem that uh, stuff absorbs those waves, right? That's how the what happens right. with the chocolate bar is that uh, it absorbs the wave energy and then mm. it becomes heat. But heat is uh, useless, useless if you want to communicate instead. So basically you have to be able to uh, deal with these losses, which would be in rain or in people and stuff like that. And still be able to transmit the information. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Because oh, right. So these microwaves we're talking about like centimeter, yeah. centimeters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay, so I think we we are towards the end of our fourth episode. So thank you very much to yeah. Kazimir. Thank you to my co-host. 
Thank you Stephanie. Thank you, Erica. We are and starting it. Uh, it's it's going to be a great year. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. This this was the first episode of the year, and we are going to have many many More new guests for this year. So remember to follow us on Twitter at Science Basement or on Instagram at Science underscore Basement. Or if you want to send us an email, our address is thesciencebasement.helsinki at gmail.com. And of course, you can send us questions for us or for our guests, and then we will just turn them to our guests. Also, if you want a topic that we should discuss, send it to us and we'll try to find a guest for it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, goodbye. See you in two weeks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Ah! The science basement!